0: When you look, for instance, at the food waste problem, and you look at the numbers, and in some countries like the U.S., where two-thirds of what we produce, we throw away, and the rest of the world, that's one-third, it's, it's huge.
1: Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Walton, and this is episode 250 with TK Rezumera. I consider TK to be something of a philosopher when it comes to minimalism, extreme minimalism, and nomadicism. In this conversation, we'll talk about the life experiences that helped shape TK and his philosophy on how he lives in this world. He also introduced me to some interesting, new well, new to me, minimalism concepts called gazelig and ikigai, which both are... Really cool. I put some links in the show notes for this episode um, at thetinyhouse.net slash 250, where you can find, obviously, a transcript of today's episode uh, and more info about TK, his writing, his podcast, and and everything there. So that's thetinyhouse.net slash 250. But let's get into the interview. But before we get started, did you know that I personally send Tiny House newsletter every week on Tuesdays? It's called Tiny Tuesdays, and it's a weekly email with Tiny House news, interviews, photos, and resources. It's free to subscribe, and I even share sneak peeks of things that are coming up, ask for feedback about upcoming podcast guests, and more. It's really the best place to keep a pulse on what I'm doing in the Tiny House space and also stay informed of what's going on in the Tiny House movement. To sign up, go to thetinyhouse.net slash newsletter where you can sign up for the Tiny Tuesdays newsletter. And of course, you can unsubscribe at any time. I will never send you spam, and if you ever don't want to receive emails, it's easy to unsubscribe. So again, that's the tinyhouse.net/newsletter. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy next week's Tiny Tuesdays newsletter. Right, I am here with TK Rezumara. TK is a Brooklyn-born '90s kid, extreme minimalist, and podcaster. A person of color and part of a religious minority in the West, he has lived in eleven countries so far. TK is a mixed and multicultural individual who has had to navigate growing up in foreign settings and cultures. His nomadic journey and personal experiences shaped him into a skeptic. So he questions everything and loves exploring new ways of life. Furthermore, his concerns with the current environmental crisis and animal welfare led him to veganism five years ago. Later in the same year, he discovered minimalism and slow living, which gave his life a new meaning. TK is now building his own home on wheels from the ground up with his wife and about to take on life as a van lifer. TK, welcome to the
2: show.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for that intro. All of it is true. (laughs) <laughs> You're very,
1: yeah, I wanna I wanna kind of dive into to all of it. Um, I guess so. Do you see uh, switching to veganism as kind of the start of your whole minimalist journey?
0: I definitely do. I actually wrote a piece about it not too long ago, like mm-hmm. literally a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, on how veganism introduced me to minimalism, and it's funny because you know. Most people, at least people from the outside, look into veganism and they see it as an animal welfare fight, which it is. Mm-hmm. But there's it entails so much more. I mean, it's it's as much about health as it is about the environment, as it is about the animals, as it is about human but well being and human welfare. Yeah, because we don't realize, I mean, how much how impactful you know, the animal agriculture is on our environment, which mm-hmm. causes, you know, a lot of destruction. And like this destruction, it's it's natural, the, the, a lot of natural disasters. These natural disasters cause for people to migrate, to leave their homes, to yep. be forced into leaving their homes and seeking a new, a new home or seeking a new land to, you know, live on. So in the end, veganism, such as on so much more than just the animals. If that's mm-hmm. not enough for you,
1: yeah, yeah. I was I was actually a vegan for for a few years, and and I'm I'm mostly there still. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was you know the start of the pandemic and seeing both the really seeing the human cost of of producing animal products, right? In the you know contrasted with. The pandemic, but then of course the animal welfare stuff and the environmental became really compelling reasons for me as well. Absolutely. So was there a particular, you know, book or podcast or, or, or someone that introduced you to minimalism?
0: Minimalism? Uh, not really. I actually, like I said, as I read about veganism and and I had become vegan for like a couple of months. I was vegetarian before, mm-hmm. so I was already aware of some things, but not everything and so a couple of months in, I you know was looking at ways to reduce my impact on you know uh, my my carbon footprint and whatnot yeah. and that's how I stumbled on minimalism and so I don't recall a book necessarily; I do. Mm-hmm. Remember one podcast which stopped producing since 2020' It's called "Heal My Living," something mm-hmm. like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: It's a solo podcast by a random person who talked about her journey as a minimalist. yep, and uh that was very compelling for me, so as I you know dove deep, went down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and started you know looking up stuff. Uh, A lot of it came up and at the same time, not enough of it. So that's why I sort of wanted to dig a little bit deeper and also, you know, talk about my journey on my own podcast and blog and whatnot, because I figured if veganism is not for you because you you know, you want to stick to how you usually eat and whatnot Mm -hmm. or for several other reasons, minimalism definitely could be a good, you know be me halfway kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean when you when you dive deep into minimalism, you start learning about the impact of everything, like food waste, like uh, you know, the 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 huge problems caused uh that we cause to the earth because of our overconsumption of everything. And Mm -hmm. it literally applies to everything. There's even digital minimalism. Yeah. Which I also wrote about in the past. And it's crazy how much you know we think we're civilized when in reality we're you know definitely not as civilized as we may think we are
1: yeah can you can you say more about that?
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, when you look for instance at the food waste problem and you mm-hmm. look at the numbers and in some countries like the u s where uh you know two thirds of what we produce, we throw away, and the rest of the world that's one third it's it's huge, especially when you consider that about you know three million people die of hunger every year, so you see, I mean as a civilization, as a human civilization, you'd expect us to be at a level today in twenty twenty three where you know we don't have these problems anymore I mean, hunger, come on, like we make so much food, we have. So much technology and human resources, and I like to think empathy towards each other that these problems shouldn't be you know contemporary to our generation, and yet they still are and I'm only talking about like starvation, but there are other you know nutrition related diseases and and illnesses that kill millions of people every year, and we still struggle with that, and even in developed countries. Like the U.S., you have people still dying from, you know, illnesses that are due to all of that, to so mm-hmm. overconsumption, for instance, with like fast foods and and you know everything that we eat, like excess sugar, excess oil, fried foods and whatnot. People are still eating all of that and thinking, for most part, that it's okay or that it's healthy. And for a country like the U.S., where healthcare is so expensive. You'd expect people to be more aware of all that but you know if this you know the economy or or the government is not doing its job well enough to be able to inform these people then well I guess it's up to us creators to do so.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um in your bio and and in your writings you you've talked a lot about the idea of a nomadic lifestyle and mm. I was hoping you could share kind of your definition of of you know what is a nomadic lifestyle to you and what does what does your life look like as a nomad
0: <laughs> that's a good question. I grew up in a family of nomads actually my even my ancestors were nomads, so that's I guess part of me it's in my genes but for me being nomadic means you have no one you know one home i say i'm a brooklyn born you know kid but that's because i was born there and i get most most of my attitude and and my you know i guess character from there but uh i've i lived there less than i lived for instance in ethiopia i wouldn't mm-hmm. call myself an ethiopian for for mm-hmm. <laughs> uh because i lived there for like Four years and a half, but uh, for me, nomadic lifestyle is just yeah, it's like you consider everywhere you go and mm-hmm. everywhere you feel at ease as home, and that's what I always felt like uh moving around I mean there hasn't been one place where I've been where I've moved at least right lived at least several months where I haven't felt that way because you know I feel like the when you general with people when you make an effort to Uh, understand them to even speak the language to talk to them to interact with them on a human level and you sort of put yourself uh at the same level as everyone around you then uh, you start becoming part of 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 whoever you're talking to Mm -hmm. and as a nomad that's what you're supposed to do otherwise you're just you know an expat or uh, something else but a nomad for me is someone who explores the culture from within, uh, preferably learns the language. When I was in Ethiopia, for instance, uh, I learned, you know, the the local dialect mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with the people around me. And I didn't learn it. I didn't learn how to write or read it, but I learned how to speak it, understand it, understand the intricacies of, you know, how they speak and what they say, the humor, which is... Uh, a huge part for me when learning a language because i feel like that's how you understand how people communicate in safe place and yeah that's that's what what nomading is for me it's not going someplace and you know working in a in a cafe or whatever and just you know basically working and and partying that's not nomading that's a different type of of travel but yeah
1: I like the distinction that you drew between like being an expat because when you said that it, it, it draws to mind like a group of Americans living in Mexico or somewhere, but just kind of still being American, still being, you know, kind of preserving their, their culture and their, you know, way of living just in another place. And, and I like the idea of, of I, I envision your nomadic lifestyle, almost like you try to kind of almost blend in and become. Absolutely like a, a member of that culture and of that, of that place.
0: A hundred percent. That's it. That's exactly what it is. It's being a part of wherever you go, because, you know, I, even our ancestors as a whole, as humans, that's what they used to do. You know, that's why they used to be nomads. And there are modern day nomads uh, yeah. who live like that. Still, I went uh, on a trip in the Sahara desert. And mm-hmm. there are uh, the what they call the Tuaregs, which are like local nomads who still live in tents, and they have camels, and they move from one place to another depending on the resources. And when you talk to these people, they don't just you know go to these places and and try to impose themselves. They actually yeah. they don't they don't know borders. They move from one country to another. They don't know borders because for them. It's, it's, you know, a modern thing that they don't believe in. They just move to the next place to find better shelter and better, you know, mm-hmm. water and, and resources. And then when it's, when it's over, they just move. And yeah, it's all about respect and what's around you.
1: So you've lived in, in 11 countries so far, like about how long do you like to stay in, in one place and are, and are you traveling within the country while you're there?
0: Absolutely. Yes. That's like that's one of the main things about travel for me. Uh the reason I traveled so much because I lived in eleven, but I traveled across many more. And the reason being um I don't have a lot of money. I'm not like from a rich family. Like my parents were actually poor when I was a kid, and then you know, they did better, but we were quite poor. The only reason I traveled so much was because when I moved somewhere. I like exploring the surroundings, so I start mm-hmm. from within. Just like you know, in met- in, in yoga or in yeah. mindfulness, you start from within, and then you go uh, to 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 the neighboring country in in the sense. And so that's what I do. I usually like to you know explore the cities around, what there is, what what's there to see, and then you know neighboring countries.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so yeah, when I moved to France, I decided. Well, I was. Everything was around like for thirty bucks you could go to Prague in in Czech Republic you could go to you know Rome you could go to Barcelona you could do you could see so many cities around and so that's that's exactly what i did
2: cool cool sounds awesome oh
0: i I haven't answered your question about the 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 length of my ah, stays yes,
1: yes yes yes
0: right as for the length of my stays i Well, that depends. I mean, when I was young, I grew up, you know, in different countries. So my Mm -hmm. parents used to have like contracts, basically like three to four year contracts. Okay. And so we moved every three to four years. And then when I moved out on my own, when I was 18,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I, you know, at first it was dependent on my, you know, what I was studying. So if I was in college. uh, If you're in Europe, it's usually three years. In the U.S. it's four years. But In Europe, you graduate college in three years. So I stayed three years. Then I moved for my MBA for one year. And then, you know, that's it it was based on what I was doing at the moment. But now that, you know, I've been working for a few years, I like to stay for however long I feel like staying. I've been in France for five years now
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, because I love it here. I also, you know, matured a little bit more. And now I seek stability more than I seek the thrill of life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess that also like, you know, changes as you grow up. And the people around you play a major, major part because a lot of people ask me, like, what was your favorite country or like top five or whatever that you lived in or that you visited? And I'm like, I can't give you that because mm-hmm. there isn't one. It's all about the people. Obviously, there were people that I, you know, got along with more than others, but uh, that applies to every country I've ever been to. And so for me, the countries that you go to are part of, part of the the decor or, you know, the, the aesthetic or, the, you know, that's the culture. But then the people they actually spend most of your time with and, and hang out with and, you know, share your stories with is what it's all about, not the country itself.
2: Nice. What What is slow living?
0: Hmm. Deep question, but the simple answer would be slow living is pacing oneself with, in life in general. Mm-hmm. So it applies to everything. It applies to interpersonal relationships.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: applies to work. It applies to our use of technology. It applies to travel. <laughs> it applies to everything that we do. It's just pacing oneself. It's not necessarily living extremely slowly. Like, we're, I mean, we still seek something when we live, even when you live slowly. I mean, you can live uh-huh. slowly and write books and write a lot of books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you could live slowly and, and, you know, build an empire if you want to. But, like, the two can go hand in hand as long as one is not, to, uh, as long as what you're doing is not taken away from what you actually want to be doing so okay. for me slow living is about pacing yourself
1: nice and I, so now i can see how that might intersect with with living as a nomad and the nomadic lifestyle but can you can you talk about the intersection of those two
0: yeah for sure um well for one like i said i've been here for five years i think i'll be around for another year or two okay. maybe that's part of my slow living journey. I don't want to, you know, speed up. I don't want to, you know, go elsewhere because for the sake of going elsewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it makes no sense to me to just leave for the sake of leaving. I have to leave if I have, if it makes sense, if there's a purpose for my leaving, if okay. I'm seeking something new, you know? And so that's how they intersect. I mean, for me, slow living is, is, is It's my daily life. Uh, sometimes I just wake up and decide not to do anything. And that's slow living. And sometimes I do wake up and decide to post, you know, a couple of articles and, and, mm-hmm. and record a, a podcast and and go to work and do this and that. And that's also part of my slow living because I know that I can stop whenever I want to. Nice. So and yeah, when it comes to the nomadic lifestyle, it's it's the same thing. If I want to move. I move. If I don't, then I'm. I'm good being where I am.
2: Cool. So you are building a.
1: You're currently converting a van to to be your home. Um, yeah, can you can you tell us about the decision? You know your decision making process of why you decided on a van, and and actually maybe you could tell us about like. What is your, what is your current living situation? Like, what do you, what, what have you kind of looked for to live in and then why the van?
0: Okay. Um, so, well, I, I'm going to make it short because it's been like a project in the making for years. Okay. Okay. I just never got to it because, you know, the pandemic and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things happened mm-hmm. in between. But prior to this, I actually was always a fan of, you know, those survivalists. Uh, documentaries and whatnot, and I always wanted okay. to do one of those challenges where I would you know survive on my own somewhere blah 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 and so that's where the idea actually came from at first, I wanted to buy a schoolie like a school bus and convert it and then since I was in France uh that was like a task, and the legislation here is not like in the u s mm-hmm. so I kind of gave up that project quite fast because of the legislation uh and so yeah i feel like van living was the 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 second best choice i guess now okay. i've i realized that it's actually uh was a blessing in disguise but back then it was like a, a plan b kind of thing and why a van because for one i feel like that's the logical next step as a minimalist. Mm-hmm. It's like I have so little that I know, like my wife and I actually have so little that we know that we can fit everything we own into a van and live comfortably wow. and so that was the next uh that was the first you know i guess reason. The second one was an environmental one because when you live in a van, you actually have a much lesser environmental impact
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're not consuming as much of anything like water. The heating that you use, or uh, the AC that you use if you're in a in a hot climate, yeah. And the, the of course the materials to build a home or to live in one, and so all of it made sense on an environmental sense and on an environmental um point of view. And then mm-hmm. from a personal point of view, it's also low. It's also like living in a van means more freedom, and that's what we're looking for, and that's what we want. And I feel like, yeah, it's the logical next step. I feel like the next, the one after it would be to own some land so that we mm-hmm. can be, you know, free. And so we can grow our own fruits and vegetables and whatnot. And yeah, live, live simply, basically.
2: Nice.
1: Um. So your van is, is and tell me if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. The
0: name is, is Pingu? Right. 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 What,
1: what is that is Does that name have a, a special meaning for you?
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, it's actually, it comes from the, the, I don't know if you know the cartoon, the Pingu cartoon. No, it's like, it's, it's a cartoon about a ping. I, I don't know if it's a car, if they call it a cartoon, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, what, what is it? I mean, I, it 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 is like a cartoon. Okay. And so it's about this penguin who just has a crazy life and it, like they don't talk they just say gibberish but you understand what they're saying because they're very expressive and yeah for some reason um my wife was a you know a fan of that and i was too and so uh, because it's black and white and our van is too we decided to call it pingu nice that's from.
1: i like when there's there's a connection like that, that that's a lot of fun
0: yeah, it's a lot of fun. Pingu is funny. I mean, he's extremely funny. He's he's always angry at life, and he gets over, overwhelmed like pretty fast. Uh-huh. But then, like the dad or the mom comes around and they show him, and he's like, "Oh, it was that simple." So it's all about like exploring life and learning through you know okay. their experiences. Nice. Yeah.
1: And so, how how long have you been working on it, and and kind of how far along is the conversion?
0: <laughs> oh man, that's. That's the the kind of question I don't want to answer. Like <laughs> I mean, we got it like a year ago, literally to the day almost. Like we got it, I think it was on the 5th of February of last year. And we started building it in March and it's almost done, but it's not quite yet. We I mean, I don't know if we can say we procrastinated, but we didn't work on it as much as we should have, probably in the summer, because life happens and 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 we also don't have like a a place where we can work on it like every day it's like parked uh-huh. in the street so you have to work like you have to find places and spots where you can actually work like do the the heavy duty work which we didn't have unfortunately so that kind of took us uh more time than it should have but i feel mm-hmm. like for anyone acquiring a van right now if you have a garage or you have like a, a driveway or something if you you have family who, who does you can if you work on it like almost every day you can finish it within maybe 3 months I say like from yeah. the ground up because yeah. there's you know the insulation and the windows and the electricity the water all of it takes time and there is a lot of work in there but mm-hmm. I mean you work on it couple of hours a day, almost every day. And yeah, you can get it done within three months. Easy.
2: Nice. Um, so so in your bio,
1: there were a couple of, you know, you mentioned a couple of different ways of living, um, like nomadicism, wabi-sabi. Right. There were a couple of there that I didn't know, and, and I don't know that my audience has ever heard, and I'm going to probably kill the pronunciation, but um, gazellig.
0: G-E-Z-E-L-L-I-G, yeah what's right, that
1: right right right
0: that that's uh i think it's uh it's a northern european uh lifestyle okay. which basically entails and involves minimalism and mm-hmm. and being mindful with how you use your time okay and how you use uh your 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 energy and what you sh- you focus on and uh-huh. the way i think of it is to basically put your passions at the heart of everything that you do.
2: uh huh.
0: That's how I see it. That's how I apply it to my life. Because at some point, obviously, I was like everyone else, working, 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 and thinking uh-huh. about, you know, saving and thinking about money. But then, yeah, when, when I discovered that, when I was in Holland, I think, I was like, huh, this is this makes sense this makes sense mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. why would i have to put everything i love to the side and focus on work instead of just focusing on you know the things that i care about and then putting work around it to yeah. make it happen and that's yeah that's what it that's, that's what it entails at least for me
1: nice that i i like that a lot and then there, there was another one i actually ended up looking it up ikigai
0: Ikigai is beautiful man. Ikigai yeah. is about it's it's ba- it's about balance. Yeah. It's about balancing everything that that's a, a Japanese concept. It's a little bit more known uh, in the world.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And yeah, it's about balancing basically which is about looking into what you like to do mm-hmm. and then what you what you do well and then trying to find a balance between that and and making a living out of it. So if you're an artist, for instance, and you love playing the guitar and you're actually good at it, then maybe find a way to go that way and, and make a career out of it. And, and you'll never work a day in your life, as cliche as that sounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a cool, it's kind of one of those diagrams of of four circles right. and they overlap. I'm I'm going to put it in the show notes for the episode because I think it's just so visual and it makes so much sense.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, tell tell us about about your podcast. You're a podcast host yourself.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So my podcast, well, that started what uh, four years ago mm-hmm. now. Uh, so it's yeah, it's 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 been up, and I've been doing like weekly episodes for all four years. Uh-huh. Posted about two hundred and something episodes so far. And Uh at first, yeah, it was just a solo podcast. So I was just looking for a way to express myself, express my thoughts and, Mm -hmm. you know, have some feedback on my thoughts because, you know, uh, I was experimenting with leaving social media or at least putting social media to the side. So Mm -hmm. I was looking for a new way to express myself in a meaningful way. And writing takes a lot of time. Podcasting used to take me less time. Mm hmm. When you write, you have to research everything and you have to write it down, make sure it's it's readable <laughs> and and then you post it. And then by the time people find it, it would, it could take a lot of time Well, podcasting because it was, you know, uh, it was becoming this, this big thing in 2019, early 2019.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it was prior to that, but in 2019, it was not as big as it is today, for instance. Yeah. And it's only going to get bigger from here on out. I realized, yeah, that was a good way for me to do two things, to talk about the things that I cared about and to practice my verbal fluency. Because uh, like I said earlier, before we, we started recording, I am a stutterer and I struggled with that uh, for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And podcasting actually helped me through that. So it was a good way to practice that, to practice public speaking without being public and and yes to put valuable content out there the first couple of seasons i dabbled uh in it and you know i was just uh trying to figure it out and then mm-hmm. within the third season i was like okay this is what i want to do with the podcast and i started doing solo mixed solo and then uh episodes with guests and mm-hmm. as this the third season progressed i was having more and more guests and You know, putting out clips that would answer like specific questions so that people don't have to sit, you know, through the whole episode. Yeah, I would chop it down in in, into shorter clips and post them out there. And that gained a lot of traction. And, uh, you know, on the podcast, I talk about it's it's a good mirror of my life because I talk about all the things that I that I'm curious about, which is technically everything. (laughs) so uh, i work in marketing so i talk i used to talk a lot about marketing and then i switched it up a little bit because i i started getting interested in neuromarketing and neuroscience Mm -hmm. as a Mm. whole and so yeah i had a few guests uh, to talk about that about human behavior psychology um, education so many of these uh you know timeless I guess matters that everyone could relate to today or 20 years from now. And that's what I wanted. I wanted something that's going to be timeless and valuable mm-hmm. for, for many years to come. And yeah, that's, that's what I'm building my show around. Uh, I usually try to, you know, add new concepts to it. Uh, for instance, lately I, I, I added poems because 2023 I, I, I started writing poems and I was like, yeah, this could be good for the podcast. I mean, I'm going to try it out, do maybe 10 or 15 and then see if, you know, people like it. And if they don't, then I can stop and keep writing for myself.
2: (laughs) Very cool.
1: Well, I I look forward to checking out the show. It's called Clarity with TK and it's, it's on, you know, all the, all the podcast places, wherever you're listening to this interview right now, you can probably find Clarity with TK and, and we'll put a link to the show and to TK's blogs, writings, and and all that stuff in the show notes for the episode today.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I try to be as as broad and 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 as, as possible, but then <laughs> I also try to be as as concise in what I say as possible. That's the nice. minimalist side of me. Yeah. Uh, like I dedicate my whole medium page to minimalism now. When in the past it used to be all over the place. Now I'm trying to write only about minimalism and 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 how it helped me through different things in my life. It helped me mm-hmm. push through when I experienced my first anxiety attacks and panic attacks and and actually uh, heal. And mm-hmm. it helped me, you know, uh sort out my financial situation although, you know, I don't work as much as, you know, my peers, but I'm in a better financial situation compared to some of them. It helped me to, you know, uh, feeling less overwhelmed and, and feeling peaceful and, and, and finding like this calmness and inner peace. And yeah, it's, it touches on so much. And so I wanted to dedicate my whole medium page to, to my journey as a minimalist and, and yeah, dig deep into it.
1: Awesome. Well, one thing that I like to ask all my guests is um, are there any resources like books or, or podcasts or, or just one or two or three things that have really inspired you along your journey that you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: Absolutely. Well, for one, I would, to, I would like to thank you for, for this opportunity and Thanks. for your questions. I really enjoyed answering them. Uh, two, so the resources, well, there's Matt Diavella. Mm -hmm. who is a youtube maker and Mm -hmm. who talks about the benefits of you know minimalism one but also he gives all sorts of great lessons great life lessons i genuinely enjoy his content it's very soothing it's really well made i highly recommend his page he writes a lot as well so yeah okay and then there is another youtuber I know you probably ask about books, but I'm going to give you (laughs) YouTube creators. That's fine. There's Casey Neistat. I'm pretty sure everyone knows him. Yeah. But if you don't, then Casey is definitely the guy who motivated me to start my podcast and to do it like with so much consistency because, I mean, he he is the prime example of what being consistent with your work can do to your career Mm -hmm. or to do to you to fulfill you as a human being and to put out like great stuff. I'm not saying do things consistently if they're harmful, but if they are, if they can be helpful in any way, then do it with consistency. And then in terms of books, I mean, I could give you a whole list, uh, but I'm going to give you one that's actually equally entertaining and makes one think. Mm-hmm. That will be The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing book. If you haven't read it, please do. It's it's just amazingly well written. It's not too long to read and it's full with, you know, life lessons. And it's always worth reading again, because I read it several times and I always learn something. Nice. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, those three writer creators are definitely worth checking out. could give you a whole list, but you asked me for three, so I'm going to stick to three.
1: Perfect. Well, TK Rezumara, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation.
0: Oh, I did too, man. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much to TK Rezumara for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes, including links to TK's writings and podcast and a complete transcript over at thetinyhouse.net slash 250. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 250. Well, that is all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.